Welcome back to Horoscope Witch. It's Mal and happy last week of Pisces season. So I held off on actually recording this episode. Well, let's be honest, because of Mercury retrograde. (laughs) But also I realized that it's sort of the perfect timing to come out with the Pisces episode. Because I think some of the information that I'm going to share with you today about the Pisces archetype and other things and people and time periods that have to do with Pisces, it actually, I think this information comes just at the right time for everybody listening. Because again, we're at the end of a karmic cycle with the sign of Pisces. Pisces is the last sign of the zodiac. I'm sure everybody knows that by now. Um, And the transition from Pisces season to Aries season, um, I sort of call it like a karmic dump. (laughs) Uh, And maybe that doesn't quite make a lot of sense to some of you, but here's what I mean by that. I mean to say that Pisces is the most evolved sign of the zodiac and Aries is the least evolved. Now, I mean no offense by that. I'm not like telling you if you're an Aries that you're stupid or unevolved or not mature or anything of that sort, but I'm really just purely talking about the actual archetypes because Aries in the Zodiac, he's, they sort of represent like the caveman. They represent the body, the, the I am energy, the ego. And Pisces represents the soul with no body. <laughs> um, Pisces is purely that soul spiritual energy. So to go from our higher selves back into the human body once we get to Aries season, of course, there's it's sort of like a karmic dumping ground. <laughs> and here's the thing. Uh, like, you know, we have New Year. Uh, new year in the human world, right? It's December 31st at midnight, it becomes January 1st, and that's our new year. But in, you know, the zodiac, the world of the zodiac, sort of the start of airy season is kind of like the new year. Now, that's not to say that we have like this totally clean slate of energy. But um, towards the end of Pisces season, now in the next week, all of us as a collective and as individuals, we're kind of closing out some old karmic cycles. And especially with this Mercury retrograde in Pisces, this closing out of the cycle is very, very important. So I realized that, you know, I've been kind of like, not pulling my hair out, but kind of like, oh God, I got to put the Pisces episode out. Like, I'm not going to get it out in time. Uh, Pisces season is going to be over soon it's too late to put this episode out but then I realized I was like Mal hang on like this is actually the perfect time to put out the Pisces episode because I think you know as listeners and myself I need to tell myself this um, you know this next week or so and even you know into Mercury retrograde you know is going to last a little while longer too and then we'll be in the shadow Closing out those cycles is really of the utmost importance right now. And that doesn't necessarily mean um, something like big, like leaving a job or uh, breaking up with someone, although it could mean that. Uh, But I'm talking about sort of cycles with ourselves. I'm talking about cycles with our spiritual 
consciousness. Uh, (laughs) Maybe we're closing out a cycle of uh, sort of a time period where we felt lost and we didn't really believe in spirituality. And now we're sort of moving to more of a place where spirituality is, you know, something very important in our lives. That could definitely be something the collective is going through right now. I think that's something that a lot of my listeners are going through. Like in this last year of the Zodiac, I'm talking like Aries season 2018 until this Pisces season 2019, um, it's my intuitive feeling that a lot of us as a collective have come into our spirituality and have discovered our intuitive gifts, have discovered a interest in astrology, tarot, what have you, or just spirituality in general. And that's not just a you thing. (laughs) It's definitely a collective situation going on. So now that Pisces season is coming up and we have this Mercury retrograde in Pisces, these sort of things are coming up for review right now. And I think right now it's a time to reflect. Um, Right now, Spirit is actually sending me a message and they're giving me like the card... I'm not even pulling cards right now, but just the card Seven of Pentacles is coming to mind because if you do read tarot, you know that the Seven of Pentacles, it's a card of waiting. It's a card of patience. It's sort of like planting the seeds and um, waiting for them to grow. And that's totally what we're going through right now during Pisces season. This really isn't a time for action. Uh, That's not to say, you know, you're doomed if you are getting married during this time or you're doomed if you're starting a new job during this time. Um, But at the same time, again, not a time for big action. This is a time for reflection. And if like you are sufficiently miserable right now, (laughs) you're probably kind of on the right track, to be honest. (laughs) And you, a lot of us are probably, you know, feeling like old wounds are coming up. Or even um, inner child issues, uh, repressed issues coming to the surface. These are all themes of Pisces season. Honestly, if you don't have a mental breakdown during Pisces season, you're just not doing it right, okay? (laughs) Uh, So that's kind of the collective energy right now. And I think it really is the perfect time to talk about the Pisces archetype right now to sort of give us one little last thing to hang on to while we get through this sort of last week of Pisces season before we go through the rebirth during Aries. Now, here's what I wanted to talk about because I think just to start off, we have, there's a lot of talk about age of Aquarius in in life, right? Like everybody knows what age of Aquarius is. Uh, I've talked about this on the podcast before about like age of Aquarius, meaning uh, we're in a time of expansion. We're in a time of the internet. We're in a time where we can look something up just in seconds uh, by typing into Google. We can make friends with someone across the world because we have this thing called social media. Those are all themes of Age of Aquarius, but what we don't talk about a lot is what happened and what didn't happen, more importantly, during the Age of Pisces. 
Now, when was the age of Pisces? Um, it's, you know, it's disputed, like, the certain ages of astrology, like, when they actually began and when they actually end. But we can say roughly the age of Pisces actually began after um, the death of Jesus Christ. So roughly around 1 AD until roughly, let's say, year 2000, we were in the age of Pisces. Now, of course, some astrologers can say that age of Aquarius started much earlier than the year 2000, and that's definitely, uh, that could definitely be the case, because when we have such a big shift, you know, of course we're going to start feeling the energy earlier than just the single year uh, we shift from age of Pisces to age of Aquarius, <laughs> if you get what I'm saying. But let's just give this rough time frame of this 2000 years from 1 AD to 2000 AD. We'll just have that rough estimate that that time period was in fact the age of Pisces. Once the year 2000 rolled around, we were officially in age of Aquarius. Uh, and this kind of makes sense, I think, from an astrological perspective. But more importantly, what was the age of Pisces? Now, I just mentioned that, you know, age of Pisces began after just shortly after the death of Christ. And I think Christ is probably the most important aspect of age of Pisces. And often, even though... Uh, you know, we celebrate Jesus's birthday on December 25th. Uh, Jesus is often uh, said to have been a Pisces or at least carry a lot of Pisces energy. Also, I'm laughing because over like the holidays, I just I saw this one meme. It was like, uh, whoever said that like Jesus was a Capricorn was like, sadly mistaken. <laughs> Because, yeah, it kind of doesn't make sense, like, you know, Jesus as a Capricorn. Not to say Capricorns can't be, like, amazing people, but you know what I'm saying. So, anyways, yeah, Pis er, Jesus as a Pisces archetype is a really interesting idea. And just, just entertain the thought for a moment. So, let's think, what actually happened during the age of Pisces well, it, within those 2,000 years, you, a lot of it was a lot about the influence of Jesus Christ and the spread of Christianity, right? And during that time, the Bible was written. And more importantly, the influences of the Bible were imp implemented, right? And the Bible, which was, you know, supposed to be a tool to sort of guide us, like a spiritual um, guide to life, a guide of uh, different archetypal stories that would teach us something about human nature. That very book uh, was also used in uh, to manipulate people. Uh, it was also used as ammunition to kill mass amounts of people from different races, different backgrounds, different sexualities, different religions. Uh, it was also just used as, um, you know, like I said, ammunition. But I'm actually, I guess I'm just speaking from an American's perspective. But 
from my viewpoint, I do think even though this country in our constitution, we state that, uh, you know, there's freedom of speech and freedom of religion and la 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 la, it's very much my feeling that this country has been built on a misinterpretation of the Bible. And I don't want anybody on the other side of this podcast to think that I'm talking smack about the Bible. <laughs> you know, if you came into my, if you teleported or into my room right now, you would see that uh, I have the Bible. I own a Bible. The Bible is one of my favorite books. Um, I often use the Bible for divination purposes. Uh, one of my favorite classes in college was called... Uh, biblical literature and it was all about how we we talked about like the bible as a book you know not as a tool of um, worship but really just as almost a novel and that's how we treated it and I think that you know in the age of Pisces the influence of the bible you really can't argue it right like from 1 AD to 2000 AD the, the most influential thing I think that happened on earth was the influence of Jesus Christ. Now, that's not to say that that's a good thing. <laughs> and again, just like I'm not talking smack about the Bible, I'm not talking smack about Jesus. I've, um, I've said this before on Instagram, but uh, and also on a podcast, on my last podcast about goddess worship. But Jesus is one of my favorite energies to work with. Uh, I, I love Jesus' energy, and I often call him in. Uh, we can call him in right now on this podcast um, <laughs> to sort of uh, help me sort of explain how his energy became misinterpreted. But... Obviously, I think Jesus's main message has been completely lost, and that's because the patriarchy took over, right? And men erased, you know, important women's roles when they were writing the Bible. Uh, the most, I think, the best example of this was Mary Magdalene, who I believe was the wife of Christ. And I also very much believe that Mary Magdalene was at the very least considered one of the apostles of Jesus. But I would even go as far to argue that as the wife of Christ, uh, she was probably in the time period viewed as even like a higher position than the apostles. Uh, like she was, in my opinion, very much viewed as a religious leader or a leader of spirituality, a leader of, um, let's say, challenging the thoughts of the status quo at the time, right? Because that's really what Jesus was doing. Not that Jesus wasn't a peaceful person, because of course he does have that Pisces energy, but also Pisces are rabble rousers. Uh, Pisces, a lot of people forget that we do not like authority. <laughs> There's really few other signs in the Zodiac who hate authority more than the Pisces energy. And it's not because we're power hungry. Uh, that's the thing. We aren't hankering to be, you know, the president of the United States. We're not, uh, you know, trying to rule the world when we say we don't like authority. 
but we really can't see the point <laughs> of a lot of rules. Uh, we can't see the end goal of certain constrictions in society. And that was what Jesus was doing. That's the thing. Uh, at the time, Jesus was very much a rebel. He was very much going against authority. And he was challenging the status quo. And that's kind of what a Pisces job is. Now, what else was he teaching us besides challenging the status quo? I... Uh, I think with the age of Pisces, what we were supposed to learn as a collective was this thing called Christ consciousness. Now, I'm not a Christian. Some of you may not be Christians, but we the, the term Christ consciousness is thrown around the spiritual world a lot. And you may have heard this term before. Another way to say Christ consciousness would just be um, higher consciousness. So what were we supposed to learn as a collective from Jesus and Jesus' energy during the age of Pisces? Well, that would have been Christ consciousness or higher consciousness. We were supposed to learn as a human race that we do have higher consciousness and every single person is connected to a higher power of the universe. We were supposed to learn uh, equality we are supposed to learn that no person is better than another. Uh, I think also Jesus, like I said, he was a rule breaker. He was a rebel and he was not, he wasn't a violent person, obviously, but he also wasn't afraid to challenge authority. And that's also something we kind of missed <laughs> in Pisces season, uh, or, sorry, in the age of Pisces, you know, because also we had these things called monarchies and then we have these things called governmental systems like democracy, communism, socialism, all of these different ways that we are trying to, I guess, organize society. That's really not what Jesus was trying to teach us, right? But you can see how Jesus is sort of an ammunition um, or am I saying that right? Yeah, Jesus was ammunition for a lot of people to gain control over others. Again, not what the age of Pisces was supposed to bring. If we did, as a human race, if we did go through age of Pisces and did all the things we were supposed to do, um, <laughs> we would, I don't want to say we would be living in a peaceful anarchy with no government, <laughs> no prison system, no no president, no really, you are your own authority, and we would all be like living under <laughs> our own spiritual consciousness, but kind of. Now, is that really possible for the human race? No, because if the world was like that, our souls really wouldn't choose to reincarnate on earth, right? The reason we choose to reincarnate on earth is because we have lessons to learn. We have challenges to overcome. Uh, and we can see this through astrology. Just look at your birth chart. Uh, look at your your squares and your oppositions and your T-squares in your chart. Those are the reasons you came here. Those are the reasons your soul chose to come to earth in your body. And of course, we're always going to have challenges, 
but I I can't it's my feeling as a novice astrologer that we didn't really do the things we were supposed to do in age of Pisces and again those things were like equality those things were questioning our our authoritative figures Um, we were supposed to question how we treat others Uh, we were supposed to question just this idea of freedom we were also supposed to connect to a higher power right and not all of us did that so I think you know in age of Aquarius it's funny that Uh, people are, you know, more than ever, you know, coming into these sort of new age spiritualities and religions and more than ever, astrology is becoming mainstream, tarot is becoming mainstream. I think, yeah, part of that is definitely the Aquarius energy, but also we have to recognize that we are still in this age of Pisces hangover and we have to sort of still deal with all the stuff we didn't necessarily want to go through during the age of Pisces we have to deal with that now right and that brings me to the tarot uh and the card in the tarot called the hanged man which is uh technically it represents the planet Neptune in the tarot deck but it's a lot of the times associated with Pisces it's associated with Jesus. If you've never seen the Hanged Man card, you can Google it. It's really interesting. It's um, like it sounds. It's a man hanging upside down from a tree. His one foot is tied and his other foot is sort of crossed. And he sort of looks like he's on like he's upside down on a crucifix. And this Hanged Man is definitely Jesus archetype, right? But the Hanged Man card in the tarot, I think it's very much talking about the age of Pisces energy. Uh, We're sort of hanging ourselves from a tree to reach a higher state of consciousness. And not all of us got there. (laughs) And that's not me saying like, I think I'm better than everybody else because I, you know, I'm an intuitive person and like, I'm connected to my higher self and I'm aware of higher consciousness. But also, um, I think it's difficult for, and I'm speaking from personal experience, I think it's difficult for people right now in this world who, I guess, technically do understand the age of Pisces lessons because in a way we are sort of in a higher state of consciousness than other people who just aren't as deep (laughs) or aren't as woke. (laughs) And again, that's not me saying, oh, I'm so woke. Uh, I know everything. Obviously, I have a lot to learn. And I continue to learn every single day. However, where was I going, guys? This is Pisces season, Mercury retrograde right now. Anyways, like I said, that was what the hanged man energy is all about, right? Uh, Sort of reaching a higher state of consciousness, taking a step back. The hanged man isn't doing anything. He's sort of just surrendering to God. He's surrendering to again, that higher state of consciousness, he's trying to reach a greater understanding of what it means to be human, but also what it means to be a soul in a human body, right? And again, that Pisces, that divine self, that 
that connection to the higher source, uh, that compassion, that sensitivity, unfortunately, not all of us have those qualities. And I think it's sort of the job of the healers, of the people who understand Pisces energy, we have to bring that to others, right? And that's actually an extremely hard job. Now, before I sort of get into actually what it means to be a Pisces and, you know, as I finish up this sort of odd lecture (laughs) about Jesus and Pisces energy, I want to tell you guys about this story um, that my boss told me recently. And it was kind of like the perfect, um, I think, story about what it means to have this like higher consciousness or Christ consciousness or higher energy. We could also call this the feminine energy. That's the other thing. That's the ultimate irony because Jesus energy, you know, the way I've felt it, it's very feminine. And that's not in a gendered way. That's in an energetic way. I'm saying he's a very feminine, receptive energy. And the way we've sort of manipulated that image into this, um, we've made him the mascot of toxic hyper masculinity. Uh, it's just wrong, right? Uh, it, it really is. But anyways, let me give you this story about my boss and how we can sort of practice this Pisces Christ consciousness, this higher consciousness, and just little by little start to bring more and more people into this Christ consciousness. And that's about sort of embracing the feminine energy. Now, a couple months ago, I was at a full moon ritual at the shop I work at and um you know it's kind of like going to church right like once we start the ritual you know we're casting a circle um and we start calling in you know our whatever whatever god or goddess is the theme of the ritual I forget specifically for this one but anyways you know the circle was cast we already started the ritual And this uh, lady, some stranger, is, like, knocking on the door. She wants to be let in. Well, the ritual has already been going on for, like, 15 minutes, right? And maybe some of you guys have never been to a full moon or new moon ritual, but maybe you've been to church. (laughs) And it's sort of disrespectful to, like, come into church, like, 15 minutes or 20 minutes late when the priest is trying to give the lecture, right? Like, usually people wouldn't do that. And it's kind of the same thing as this woman trying to get in, you know, 20 minutes late to this ritual. So, you know, my boss goes out there and she basically, like, kindly tells this woman she cannot come in. We've already started the ritual. Anyways, this woman gets super, super mad. And actually where I work, there's like an Italian restaurant a little bit down the way. So we presume this woman went to this restaurant and just kind of got really drunk. (laughs) Then after the ritual is over, lo and behold, this woman comes back and, you know, she's definitely under the influence of alcohol and she's just kind of like spurring all these, you know, words at my boss and, uh, my boss, she she felt like every bone in her body wanted to react with sort of violence or not not like she was going to hit this woman, but <laughs> like um, just kind of like anger. She was angry at this woman. She was like, you know what? That's not cool. Like, I, you know, I can't believe this woman is doing this. Doesn't she realize like la la la? But she didn't actually say anything that. She didn't say anything like that to the woman. Actually, what she did is she told the woman, 
you know what? I'm really sorry. Can I give you a hug? (laughs) And that, um, what she did, and here's the thing. The woman said, oh, okay. And when they hugged, um, my boss sent her a lot of Reiki and it was like a really, you know, it was a really big, like energetic hug. And this woman kind of almost started crying. Like she had like this emotional release and my boss could feel like her energy just surrender. And in that, I think that's sort of the perfect example of how we can bring Christ consciousness into this world or bring that Jesus Pisces energy into this world. It's not necessarily about fighting masculine energy with masculine energy. But it's realizing that that feminine energy is actually significantly more powerful than masculine energy. And, um, you know, that's like the pacifist in me. Like, I can't really conceptualize, um, you know, war. I can't conceptualize, uh, well, I can conceptualize it, but I can't understand it. Like, I can't understand um, you know, killing another person for the sake of ending violence. Um, and that's sort of the mistake of our patriarchal world. It, we think that masculine kills masculine, but the truth is feminine. It's the feminine energy that brings peace to this hyper-masculine state that we're in. What's the point of me telling you this? <laughs> Well, I think as we end Pisces season and we go into Aries season, our emotions could be very high. Uh, We could be tempted to sort of have an emotional disruption or blow up on someone or um, approach a situation with anger or a lot of emotion. Uh, We could have the tendency to get sort of really masculine in the way we're dealing with our emotions. And I guess the challenge I have for everybody is, um, you know, you sort of got to hug your enemy at this time. (laughs) And isn't that the most Pisces thing I could say, right? But really, like, that sort of giving love and light to your enemy is how we overthrow the patriarchy, right? We don't overthrow the patriarchy with more violence. Um, We overthrow the patriarchy by embracing the feminine energy like Jesus did and like my boss did in that moment and like I'm trying to do right now and I know everybody on who's listening to this is trying to do that I think in some way but I just wanted to give that reminder that that feminine energy using the feminine to dismantle the masculine energy is really what we were supposed to learn during age of Pisces And we still have to learn that today. I mean, some people learned it, some people don't. Uh, But that's really what we're working towards. Okay, guys, I'm going to take a quick break, and then we're actually going to get to, you know, our the Pisces Zodiac. What what are you like with the sun, moon, rising, la, la, la. Okay, I'll be right back. All right, guys, let's talk about the Pisces archetype. So what are the stats on Pisces? <laughs> um, the sign of Pisces, like I said, it's the last, the final sign of the zodiac. Uh, it's represented by mutable water. It's a mutable water sign. The 
symbol of Pisces is、uh, two fish swimming, and most people think they're swimming in opposite directions. It's my feeling that the fish are almost actually like swimming within an infinity symbol. And they're just kind of infinitely going back and forth, back and forth around each other. Now it's interesting because、uh, <laughs> Gemini gets like a bad rap for having like the twins and having like a duality within their archetype. And a lot of people say that, you know, there's a dark side and there's a good side to a Gemini and there's like this good twin and evil twin side.、Um, but we forget also that Pisces is also a dual sign. It's the other dual sign of the zodiac because、um, Pisces and Gemini are the only signs that have two, uh, two, uh, thingies. <laughs> Two things within their sign, right? Because Gemini has the set of twins, and then Pisces has the two fish. So, what does that really mean? Well, I think both these signs have very two distinct、um, personality kind of traits, but also both Gemini and Pisces have a, a huge relationship with the spiritual realm. And their dualities can also be said to represent that relationship to both the spiritual realm and the human realm. So that's sort of how I interpret that.、Uh, the polarity sign、um, or the opposite sign of Pisces is Virgo. A lot of people forget that, but it, it, people don't like to associate Pisces and Virgo together. It's kind of an odd mix. You're like, what the heck? How does Virgo have anything to do with Pisces? But I'll get to that in a second because they're actually very similar signs.、Um, and the ruling planet of、uh, the primary ruling planet of Pisces is Neptune, which is the planet of spirituality. Um, but it's also the planet of、uh, sort of self deception and secrets. And the secondary planet that rules、uh, Pisces is Jupiter. So the planet of expansion, the planet of pleasure,、uh, the planet of fun, good luck, <laughs> overindulgence. That, that sort of Jupiter energy is probably the reason that Pisces have to be、uh, wary of their addictive personalities. Uh, the house, the astrological house that Pisces is associated with, is the twelfth house. So again, that's our subconscious mind, that's our karma, that that's our, that's where our past lives are,、um, that's where、uh, the twelfth house is sort of like that area between death and birth. Um, it's like that area between、um, inhale and exhale. It's like、uh, sort of like a space that can't be explained in the astrological wheel. It's a very mystical place. And、um, the body part that rules Pisces is the feet, but also the lymphatic system. And when I think of、uh, Pisces being the last sign of the zodiac and sort of being a culmination of all. Other eleven signs that comes before Pisces.、Uh, I also think about the feet, and in、uh, the science of、uh, Chinese reflexology, you can find each of like the body parts on the bottom of the foot, right? So I don't really actually know a lot about reflexology, but 
I'm sure everybody's kind of seen that, like sort of if you, you know, press on your big toe, that relates to the heart or whatever. I don't actually know if that's true, but it's kind of like that. It's like a little space on um, your foot is, um, is represented of another part of your body so that also is a very Pisces thing right like even though they're ruled by the feet the feet carry a connection to every other part of your body right and the feet are the reason we're able to stand up and walk around and go through life so um let's kind of move on to uh Pisces suns so if you guys didn't know, I have my son in Pisces, but obviously you know that because I talk about it every five seconds. But I think one of my favorite descriptions, if you have your Pisces, if you have your son in Pisces, uh, one of my favorite descriptions of Pisces ever comes from this astrology book called Sextrology, and that was written by Stella Starsky. Um, so, you know, in this book, she describes Pisces as a sort of like pre-Madonna, you know, overdressed at someone's party and, you know, they're wearing like this completely like, you know, really standout outfit and they're really beautiful and they're really glamorous. But here's the thing about this like really beautiful and glamorous overdressed character at the party well, this Pisces character is also standing in the corner away from everybody else and they're like talking to the weirdest person at the party. <laughs> and I always thought that was like the perfect, perfect way to describe Pisces because, you know, you think, why would this like glamorous person be talking to the weirdest person in the room? They could very well, you know, be talking to like the most popular people in the room and uh, but it's because Pisces, even though on the outside people may think they are really glamorous and fabulous and beautiful, uh, you know, it's like Pisces always feel like they're the weirdest person in the room. There's always going to be a feeling of being an outcast when you're a Pisces. And that's a lot of the reason why, why um, you know, much like a Virgo, Pisces are very much a recluse. <laughs> they have that hermit energy. They don't have a lot of energy to um, exchange with others. And that's for a couple of reasons. One of those reasons is because they feel like they can't relate to a lot of people on this planet. I can't tell you, like in this earth, uh, on my 20, in my 24 years on earth, um, I have without a doubt met significantly more people that I don't connect to versus meeting people that I do connect to. Uh, I really have a hard time finding, you know, that those people that I really feel like they get me and I get them. Uh, and that's part of the reason why a lot of Pisces are a hermit. Remember, they always feel there's always that outcast feeling. And that could be very well coming from childhood. A lot of people, a lot of Pisces when they're kids, um, they're very much like the the kid on the playground who's sort of playing by themselves uh, instead of, you know, being in the big group of people. Uh, also, it's really common for Pisces children tell, uh, to not be able to relate 
to other children their age. Uh, they may be, you know, the type of children at a party who's sort of sitting at the adult table, quote unquote, instead of, you know, playing with the other kids. And again, you know, Pisces, the, the age group that represents Pisces is the uh, elderly, you know, like the time before death. So there's always sort of a sense that like the Pisces is the old soul who can't really relate to a lot of people their age. Uh, and that kind of sometimes makes life a little bit difficult. Or like connecting with your peers is kind of difficult sometimes for a Pisces. Uh, and I think um if we the other thing where Pisces come in as like the outcast or the hermit um if you ever try to have like a normal quote-unquote a normal conversation with a Pisces about the weather um you know they're gonna be they're not gonna be able to hold that conversation with you (laughs) like they're just a little too deep like if you try to talk to me about the weather I'm gonna like start talking about mercury retrograde within two minutes right or (laughs) i'm gonna start like talking about aliens or something like that like it's just really hard like with pisces they're intense and a lot of people think scorpios are the most intense sign of the zodiac which i would probably agree with um but pisces very much have that intensity as well Uh, it's like you're kind of either you're either gonna go deep with them or you're not uh, and they're going to sniff that out within the first few minutes of talking to you. Cause again, they're so intuitive and they're all intuitive empaths. So if they feel like they can't go deep with you, they feel like they can't be real with you or have a intuitive conversation with you. They're just not going to be interested in that relationship because, uh, actually being around people who aren't in tune with that higher consciousness, it's almost exhausting for a Pisces. Uh, a lot of a Pisces life is spent sort of faking it, um, like faking, like they know how to like, you know, dot the I's and cross the T's in society, like they can carry on like a quote unquote normal conversation to an extent. But at the end of the day, they're like, they're just as much aliens as Aquarius is. <laughs> and it's, it's kind of hard for them sometimes to function in society if that makes sense now um yeah no we're just really not from planet earth guys you know and uh here's another thing about pisces that people have to understand because i think and again i'm biased so take what i'm saying with a grain of salt uh and also pisces do have the tendency to like victimize themselves <laughs> so i don't like want to come off as sort of being like oh i'm a victim i'm a martyr of this world <laughs> it's just so hard for us to live in this world uh like i'm not trying to come off as that but one thing we do have to understand about like the psyche of a pisces is i think more than any other sign, there's sort of a feeling, uh, you know, like I said, they don't feel like they belong in this world. And that creates a very deep feeling of inadequacy, or sort of the feeling of not being enough for this world, just because they're so different uh, from everybody else. uh, It's sort of like that old saying, you can't judge a fish by its ability to ride a bicycle. 
And um, for a lot of uh, Pisces life, um, or if you have heavy Pisces placements, you may feel like you're being judged like a fish um, and their ability to ride a bicycle. Like because we have different talents and different abilities that may not be recognized by um, sort of the status quo, uh, that can create like sort of this low self-esteem and this inadequacy and this not enough tendency. Now, Virgos have this too, right? And if we think about Virgos and we think about their their tendency to be overly critical of others and themselves, um, you know, Virgos, even though, you know, they're critical of others, they're the most hard on themselves, right? They can really nitpick themselves to death you know, until they're just miserable on the inside. And Pisces have that ability too. You know, both Virgo and Pisces are very, very, very self-critical. It's very hard for both of those signs to forgive themselves. Um, and Pisces may even be even more self-critical than a Virgo, you know. You, you're you able to see that Virgo critique or criticism because a Virgo will show it to you, right? Like, they'll go about this world sort of criticizing certain things. Um, but Pisces, you don't see it as often because they keep everything so locked up. Again, they're ruled by Neptune. And again, they also have that connection to Scorpio. Scorpio, secrets. Pisces also carry a lot of secrets, right? And so do Cancers. That's the water sign. That's the shadow side of the water signs. Um, because they have these deep emotions, they also have to keep certain things hidden away from the world because they're just too sensitive for this world, right? Um, now, let's talk a little bit more about the shadow side of Pisces because, um, like I said, like the shadow side of Pisces, well, um, a lot of people think it's addiction, which is true, uh, and that can come from just not feeling like you're, you belong in this world, so you feel like you have to self-medicate with alcohol and drugs uh, or love or sex or even being addicted to, um, to spirituality or like... Uh, you know, your connection to spirit, that's definitely an addiction as well. Um, not all Pisces are alcoholics or drug addicts. Uh, most aren't. I mean, some are if they're really trying to self-medicate, but that's typically not the case. Um, what the bigger shadow side of Pisces is, is sort of like this martyring victimhood, um, sort of feeling like they're uh, they feel sorry for themselves because they just can't connect to a lot of people. They're just so different and they're just so, uh, they just have this understanding that no, and nobody gets them. That sort of martyring attitude is the ultimate uh, shadow side of Pisces. Now, here's where I'm going to bring up Kurt Cobain uh, because I think, um, well, first of all, if you ever looked up um, the birth chart of Kurt Cobain, uh, he is like the ultimate Pisces character. He has a stellium in Pisces. He has a grand water trine in his chart. Um, and he also sort of has this like T-square thing going on. He has this Virgo Pisces opposition. And then at the top of his T-square is his MC. Now, in human talk, <laughs> what does that mean? Well, I think um, Kurt Cobain has every ingredient in his chart to be 
not only the sort of talented musical artist that he was, but he also has all the ingredients to sort of be um, at the at the mercy of his victim mentality. Because uh, I think very much Kurt Cobain did sort of decide to be a victim of his reality. I mean, he had everything going for him and he had everything in his chart that could have given him this like, well, it did. I mean, he, he became famous and he was famous for his art, right? He was famous for his artistic abilities. Uh, but he also fell trapped to his um, martyring martyring characteristics that a Pisces has. He fell trapped to his Pisces shadow side. Now, of course, if you know anything about, you know, Kurt Cobain and his death, there's a ton of conspiracy theories that, um, you know, tell us that he didn't actually kill himself, uh, that, like, Courtney Love, like, organized his murder or whatever and framed it to be a suicide. Um, but nevertheless, also I should say that there's a little bit of a trigger warning because I'm gonna um, read Kurt Cobain's suicide note and because, you know, it, it applies to what I'm saying about the Pisces shadow side. Um, so again, trigger warning here. But anyways, what I want to say is uh, it doesn't really matter what actually happened. Um, you know, maybe Courtney Love was actually the person to write this suicide note. Maybe it wasn't actually Kurt Cobain. Um, but nevertheless, it's still a really excellent example of a, um, again, that shadow side of a Pisces. And also when I say that, I'm not um, disregarding Kurt Cobain's depression and anxiety um, because obviously, you know, his life, his early life was hard. He had some childhood trauma that he never worked through and he became a heroin addict. So I'm definitely not disregarding those things. Uh, but anyways, let's just get into the note. Uh, so if you uh, have never heard of this, there, it's really not that. It's not violent or anything. It's just um, it's just a good example. So, But if you do want to fast forward, you can speed ahead about three minutes. So he says in his suicide note, um, Speaking from the tongue of an experienced simpleton, who obviously would rather be an emasculated, infantile complacency. This note should be pretty easy to understand. All the warnings from the Punk Rock 101 courses over the years, since my first introduction to the, shall we say, ethics involved with independence and the embracement of, of your community, has proven to be very true. I haven't felt that excitement of listening to, as well as creating music, along with reading and writing music for too many years now, I feel guilty beyond words about these things. For example, when we're backstage and the lights go out and the manic roar of the crowds begins, it doesn't affect me the way in which it did for Freddie Mercury, who seemed to love and relish in the love and adoration from the crowd, which is something I totally admire and envy. In fact, I can't fool you, any one of you, it simply isn't fair to you or me. The worst crime I can think of would be to rip people off by faking it and pretending as if I have, if, if I'm having 100% fun. Sometimes I feel as if I should 
have a punch-in time clock before I walk out on stage. I've tried everything within my power to appreciate it. And I do, God. Believe me, I do, but it's not enough. I appreciate the fact that I and we have affected and entertained a lot of people. And it must be one of those narcissists who only appreciate things when they're gone. I am too sensitive. I need to be slightly numb in order to regain the enthusiasms I once had as a child. Uh, On our last three tours, I had a much better appreciation for the people I've known personally and as fans of our music, but I still can't get over the frustration, the guilt, and the empathy I have for everyone. There's good in all of us, and I think I simply love people too much, so much that it makes me feel too fucking sad. That sad, little, sensitive, unappreciative Pisces, Jesus man. Why don't you just enjoy it? I don't know. Um, And then la la la, he goes on. Um, So that was the most important part of the suicide note. And here's the thing. Um, You know, he gave some like typical um and again this isn't this isn't me like disregarding his mental health issues and this isn't me trying to like belittle what he actually went through on the inside um but I use that note as sort of um just like I said an example of the Pisces shadow side feeling like you know someone like Kurt Cobain and the band Nirvana um something that really made a difference in a lot of people's lives and the music was um truly unlike anything anybody's ever heard um for him to feel sort of disconnected from all of his fans uh very pisces thing right um that pisces disconnection of this world uh there's a huge tendency for a pisces to sort of check out of this world and just feel like human connection is just too much for them um like it's just not worth it He also states that he has, like, just, like, this overwhelming empathy. He even calls himself, he calls himself, like, Jesus. What does he say? He's, like, um, ah, where is it? Um, he calls himself this Pisces Jesus man, right? With a lot of empathy. And, uh, I think that obviously was really painful for him. That might have even been the, the root of his drug problem was sort of his overwhelming empathy for others and not wanting to feel that, if that makes sense. Um, he also got into an abusive relationship with Courtney Love. And that's not to say it doesn't take two to tango, uh, but that's a very Pisces thing too, you know? Attracting an abusive partner. Again, it's like that Virgo Pisces tendency to be so self-critical that we attract people that project that onto us, right? Because we feel like we're not, we don't have worth or we're worthless. So to attract um, that abusive partner, it's kind of, um, I don't want to say it's only natural for a Pisces to do that, but if you're a Pisces especially, I'm putting out a PSA, please be careful of you know, the lovers that you're attracting and the friends that you're attracting. And if they're abusive to you, uh, you know, again, that's the Pisces shadow side. Uh, That's not okay. And you do have worth. And you need to start to recognize that because to actually be a Pisces in 
full expansion, we need to learn how to open ourselves up to the world in a safe way, right? Now, another Pisces who was born on February 20th, uh, like Kurt Cobain, is Rihanna. And Rihanna's chart, I was looking at it, it's much different than Kurt Cobain's. Uh, Rihanna is actually more of a fire sign, if anything. She's a lot, a lot. Fire is her dominant um, element in her chart. But she still has that Pisces empathy. But we also watched her go through a an abusive relationship, right, with Chris Brown. And again, that Pisces shadow side. Now, I would like to argue that um, Rihanna, probably sometime in her Saturn return, uh, grew from that, grew away from those Pisces victimhood and that Pisces insecurity. And she grew into the Pisces archetype that she was really supposed to be. Again, going back to the age of Pisces, what we, what were we supposed to learn? We were supposed to learn something about equality. And she's really using her Pisces creative energy to promote equality. And she, Rihanna has um, changed the beauty industry, right? Because Fenty Beauty was sort of that first um, major high-end beauty brand to come out with like 40 or 50 shades of foundation to be all-inclusive of every single skin color. Now, what she did, again, a very Pisces thing. Um, she used her creativity to promote equality and actually make a real change in this world. So if you are a Pisces, that's what you need to be doing, you know, finding your creativity, finding your self-worth, using that to change the world, uh, using that to make the world a better place, uh, getting in touch with that Christ consciousness and making sure you're aware of your shadow side, um, not being a victim of fate and still knowing that you control your fate, if that makes sense. Um, and also um, to say that, you know, when in the Zodiac, every sign has to learn from uh, the sign that comes after them, right? So, you know, Aries has to learn from Taurus. Taurus, um, or sorry, rather, um, Pisces has to learn from Aries, right? Aries has to learn from Taurus. Taurus has to learn from Gemini. Gemini has to learn with, from Cancer, so on and so forth. So um, what is the lesson that Pisces have to learn from Aries? Well, um, sort of embracing that individuality. Uh, also, we need to learn from Aries uh, to persevere, right? Pisces have the tendency to have all these um, really... Uh, out of this world talents right especially artistic talents uh, but not use them and let them go to waste because of laziness because of self-deception uh, because of a victimhood mentality right so from Aries uh, we need to learn from Aries to persevere and actually run with our talents and make sure we make something out of ourselves and make sure our talents don't just stay with us we need to share our talents with others. That's another Pisces lesson that we have to learn. Okay, so that's Pisces sun for you. Um, Pisces moon, if you have a Pisces moon, uh, you, uh, you're obviously, you're deeply intuitive. There is no way getting around it. <laughs> you have deep intuitive powers. Uh, and if you have a Pisces moon, I would definitely recommend reading about astrology, reading about tarot cards, because you could very well have that intuitive psychic talent. 
Um, you're also very sensitive. You're a sensitive person. I know that sounds cliche, but your empathy is much deeper than than most people, right? Like most people can't understand just how deeply you feel. Uh, your empathy is beyond words. It can't really be explained. Uh, that's the other thing is Pisces Sun and Pisces Moon and any other Pisces placement, major Pisces pla- placement. Um, that empathy, it's a blessing and a curse, right? Uh, be, and we have to learn how to harness that. So if you're a Pisces moon, you're really going to want to read, a Pisces sun or Pisces moon, you're really going to want to research, take a class or read books on psychic protection. Because what you need to understand about yourself is that you are a freaking sponge. <laughs> uh, you feel everything uh, that other people are f- feeling. Um, a lot of your feelings aren't even your own. If you're around an anxious person, you're going to suck up that anxiety. Uh, and that's sort of like the mistake of a Pisces moon um, or a Pisces sun. Uh, they never learn how to psychically protect themselves. And then they go th- out throughout life just being like a dumping ground for other people's bad energy and other people's baggage. That's probably why they have to start drinking. <laughs> You know, because they have no other way to deal with that, right? Um, So definitely, psychic protection is really key if you have that Pisces moon especially. Um, Learning how to harness that empathy. uh, Learning how to deal with that blessing and a curse, right? If you have a Pisces rising or a Pisces ascendant, uh, you're definitely going to be viewed as um, a very unconventional person. Uh, people are going to see you as easily approachable. People are going to, if you're a Pisces ascendant or even Pisces sun or moon, uh, you're going to definitely have that sort of thing where people come up to you and just tell you their darkest secrets and you don't like even know them (laughs) that happens to a lot of Pisces I can't tell you how many times in my life like people have come up to me that like I don't even really know that well and have like told me stuff or like told me their deepest wounds and uh that's not necessarily a bad thing like people just subconsciously and consciously recognize you as a great listener as a person who understands great depths of human emotion uh and they see you as kind of special like again that unconventionality is really your strength uh when you have a pisces ascendant so don't be afraid to be different right that's also another thing that pisces have to learn don't be afraid of your uniqueness don't be afraid of being noticed because just because you're different um because that's part of, you know, what your life is supposed to be. Okay, so that's Pisces Ascendant for you. Pisces Mercury. Okay, nobody ever knows what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> I'm just kidding, guys. But, you know, Pisces Mercury, uh, I definitely enjoy, they enjoy talking about spiritual topics. If you're going on a date with a Pisces Mercury, you know, get ready to talk about ghost stories and uh, the occult and... Uh, anything of that sort. They love talking about spirituality. Um, you know, sometimes you can't really follow their train of thought because they're just so all over the place. Uh, but any Pisces placement, you know, you have that intuitive nature. 
I would say a Pisces Mercury needs to, um, I don't want to say they need to learn how to not be so all over the place uh, because that's part of what makes them themselves, but maybe learning to uh, focus more, uh, be more determined. I would say Pisces Mercury and Gemini Mercury have sort of the same lesson uh, where they can sort of be all over the place and sort of be interested in something for like five minutes and then move on to the next thing without ever finishing a project. They might have the curse of, you know, never being able to finish everything or anything, um, not being able to really truly have discipline or commit themselves to a passion. So that's definitely one of your life lessons if you have a Pisces Mercury. Um, Learning dedication, learning to commit yourself to certain things. Uh, Also, learning that, you know, you're just a deep thinker. You, you, You like to have deep conversations and uh some people just aren't as deep as you (laughs) okay if you have your venus in pisces of course you're going to be a hopeless romantic guys of course of course you're going to be hopeless romantic of course you're going to love like the roses and the love notes um what you have to be careful about and i've already mentioned this um and all pisces have fallen into this trap of sort of becoming the healer of the person they are romantically involved with, okay? Virgos also have this issue. Um, I would also say maybe Taurus also has this issue. Um, you cannot heal the person. You cannot make it your life goal to heal your romantic partner. Um, and you may attract people romantically that need healing, or need your psychic powers, um, but it's important for you to have strict boundaries in love, um, because if you have no boundaries in love, here's what's going to happen. You're going to go on a date, um, you're going to have a couple dates with the person, you're going to think they're your soulmate, you're already going to be saying I love you, um, and you're going to see, like, that this person is so amazing, and, you know, they, in your mind, you think this person is so amazing, but also in your mind, they can't see how amazing they are. So you make it your life mission to show this person how great they are. Okay. So what's the problem with that? Well, A, you're going to attract insecure people who are using you to tell them how great they are. Not only insecure people, you may even have the tendency to um, attract narcissists Uh, because narcissists want people around them who are going to like worship them and tell them how great they are and like nobody's better at doing that um, besides the Pisces Venus right so be careful of that be careful of attracting people with sociopathic tendencies you really need to have a lot of boundaries and this you know it takes it took me a long time to learn this and I'm still learning this in romantic relationships like not being the fixer right not making it your job to fix the person you're in a relationship with actually um for a pisces venus uh the or even a pisces in general um the uh, greatest lesson you have to learn is that you you cannot heal your your romantic partner uh they need to take responsibility for their own healing And what you'll realize is if you're with a partner who takes responsibility for their own healing, you actually feel safe 
and you actually feel like you can lean on that person. You can open up to them and you can um, use them for emotional support because really you need emotional support in a romantic partnership. You can't be the only one who's giving emotional support. Uh, Pisces, Venus uh, tend to carry the relationships on their back completely by themselves and uh, carry all the emotional baggage of themselves and the other person. And it needs to be a 50-50 exchange of energy. Not at all times, but that needs to be the goal. There needs to be some balance and there needs to be some harmony. If you're doing all the emotional uplifting in the relationship, uh, it's not in your highest good. Okay, it's just not. Okay, Pisces Mars. (laughs) It's a little similar to Pisces Mercury. Okay, the way you go about the world is very unconventional. Uh, Pisces, Mars, uh, you also need to learn self-discipline. You also need to uh, call in more fire energy into your life in order to get shit done. You might have a tendency to procrastinate. Uh, You might not feel very motivated a lot of the times. And this could lead to you letting your artistic talents go to waste. So I would actually, if you have a Pisces, Mars, and you're open to um, God and goddess worship or even just inviting a certain energy into your life, um, I would find a really fiery god or goddess, like a war goddess, like to help you harness your energy into discipline. Um, Or simply, if you're not into that, uh, you could just call in the element of fire. Uh, So when you're trying to get something done, light a candle and say, like, I'm calling in the element of fire to help me get stuff done. Uh, you need to counteract somehow your your floaty, uh, spontaneous, unique nature, which is very beautiful, but it's also not going to get you a lot of shit done, right? Uh, you're very feminine. You have a lot of feminine energy, uh, and that's what makes you beautiful. Uh, but also, you need to learn that you need to harness your artistic talents. Being an artist isn't all about being creative. It's also about being disciplined, right? Um, reading... The Artist's Way would probably be a good book for you guys for the Pisces Mars. Okay, and then I usually don't mention Saturn. Um, but I thought I'd do it especially because uh, today I mentioned that Pisces don't like authority. Um, and if you have a Pisces Saturn, you especially don't like authority. And it's not that you're going to like outwardly object to authority, but you may just question when people tell you what to do. You may question certain rules. Um, You're not into things that you view as unnecessary. Uh, If you, um, we should have more Pisces uh, or Saturn and Pisces in Congress because I actually think we would have a more peaceful um, government because uh, Pisces Saturn is always about like questioning why do we need to have this rule? Uh, what's the purpose of this rule? What's the root of it? Um, I don't understand this, why we need authority in this area. <laughs> They're very liberal thinkers. Um, and I don't even necessarily mean that in like a political way. I just mean they have like this very like free thought, free speech, free love <laughs> sort of mentality. So if you have your Saturn in Pisces and you kind of have some issues with authority figures that very well might be why. Okay, guys, so I think that's about all I have to teach you about Pisces today. Uh, If you like this episode, 
feel free to leave me a rating on iTunes, a five-star rating. It would mean so much to me if uh, you like this podcast and you want to tell me about it. It really makes my day when I read those ratings on iTunes. So if you've left me one, thank you so much. Also, I have big news. I saved this for the end, but uh, I am officially in business online. (laughs) So I created an Etsy shop and... um, Uh, for online tarot readings and I have a couple different offerings most of them are overwritten email I do a lot of my best psychic work uh, through writing uh, because that's how I channel my best messages I have one uh, larger reading that is a video reading that I sort of film and it's based off of the 12 astrological houses and I sort of pull a card for each area of your life um, you know based off of the astrological houses so I'll pull a card for yourself for your finances for your romance for your romantic life for your career so on and so forth um, so that's my bigger reading on Etsy. Now it might be a little bit confusing because this podcast is called Horoscope Witch, (laughs) but my Etsy shop is called Desert Rose Divination. So yeah, it's kind of confusing how I have two names, Uh, but I also have an in-person business, uh, you know, in Chicago, like I work at a shop and I had to name my business something and it wasn't necessarily the best business choice to name my actual tarot and astrology business horoscope witch uh, just because I do have some like older clients um, who are not of the millennial generation (laughs) who may be a little bit dubious about working with me if my business name was horoscope witch so actually spirit gave me a sort of download that I should have named my shop or I should name my business um, Desert Rose Divination, which has a lot of meaning to me. Um, Desert Rose is actually a crystal, uh, one of my favorite crystals. And um, actually, I've always viewed the desert as a very mystical place where hermits and monks have gone to sort of find enlightenment. And then the rose being the flower that vibrates on the highest frequency. So that's sort of like the meaning behind the name. But if you've ever, ever been interested in working with me or just want to check out more details about my offerings, I'll leave my link to my Etsy shop in the show notes please feel free to check that out. Um, There's a bunch, a bunch of information in my item descriptions. Um, And again, I have four different readings um, for all different sorts of price ranges. So make sure to check that out. It would be absolutely my pleasure to work with any Horoscope Witch listener. And that's about all I have for you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, in April, uh, obviously we'll be talking about the Aries, Aries archetype. We'll have an Aries episode. Um, we'll also have the last woman who run with the wolves episode. Um, and who else, who, who knows what else is in store guys? I always think of something. Okay guys, enjoy the rest of Pisces season. I'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.